The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, page 325. Samuel Clemens, who wrote under the pen name of Mark Twain, created the memorable character of Tom Sawyer. Tom, prone to mischief and to turning the tables on other people, is a famous character in literature. These two adaptations from the book show that Tom is not always honest in what he does, and Mark Twain didn't bother to have justice catch up with Tom in the stories. Tom Sawyer remains one of literature's most well-known tricksters, and people have enjoyed reading about him for over 120 years. The Glorious Whitewasher Saturday morning was come, and all the summer world was bright and fresh and brimming with life. There was a song in every heart, and if the heart was young, the music issued at the lips. There was cheer in every face and spring in every step. The locust trees were in bloom, and the fragrance of the blossoms filled the air. Cardiff Hill, beyond the village and above it, was green with vegetation, and it lay just far enough away to seem a delectable land, dreamy, reposeful, and inviting. Tom appeared on the sidewalk with a bucket of whitewash and a long-handled brush. He surveyed the fence, and all gladness left him, and a deep melancholy settled down upon his spirit. Thirty yards of board fence, nine feet high. Life to him seemed hollow, an existence but a burden. Sighing, he dipped his brush and passed it along the topmost plank, repeated the operation, did it again, compared the insignificant whitewashed streak with the far-reaching continent of unwhitewashed fence, and sat down on a tree box, discouraged. Jim came skipping out at the gate with a tin pail and singing, Buffalo Gals. Bringing water from the town pump had always been hateful work in Tom's eyes before, but now it did not strike him so. He remembered that there was company at the pump. Boys and girls were always there, waiting their turns, resting, trading playthings, quarreling, fighting, skylarking, and he remembered that although the pump was only 150 yards off, Jim never got back with a bucket of water under an hour, and even then somebody generally had to go after him. Tom called out to Jim. Say, Jim, I'll fetch the water if you'll whitewash some. Jim shook his head and said, Can't Mars, Tom. Oh, missus, she told me I gotta go and get this water and not stop fooling around with anybody. She says she spec Mars Tom going to ax me to whitewash, and so she told me go long and tend my own business. She load and she tend to do the whitewashing. Oh, never you mind what she said, Jim. That's the way she always talks. Give me the bucket. I won't be gone only a minute. She won't ever know. Oh, I doesn't, Mars Tom. Oh, missus, she take and tar the head off me, did she would? She, she never licks anybody. Whacks them over the head with her thimble, and who cares for that? I'd like to know. She talks awful, but talk don't hurt. Anyways, it don't if she don't cry. Jim, I'll give you a marble. I'll give you a white alley. Jim began to waver. White alley, Jim, and it's a bully shooter. My, that's a mighty grand marble, I tell you. But Mars Tom, I was powerful afraid of old missus. And besides, if you will, I'll show you my sore toe. Jim was only human. This attraction was too much for him. He put down his pail, took the white alley, and bent over the toe with absorbing interest while the bandage was being unwound. 
In another moment, he was flying down the street with his pail. Tom was whitewashing with vigor, and Aunt Polly was retiring from the field with a slipper in her hand and triumph in her eye. But Tom's energy did not last. He began to think of the fun he had planned for this day, and his sorrows multiplied. Soon the free boys would come tripping along in all sorts of delicious expeditions, and and they would make a world of fun of him for having to work. The very thought of it burned him like fire. He got out his worldly wealth and examined it. Bits of toys, marbles, and trash. Enough to buy an exchange of work, maybe, but not enough to buy so much as half an hour of pure freedom. So he returned his straightened means to his pocket and gave up the idea of trying to buy the boys. At this dark and hopeless moment, an inspiration burst upon him. Nothing less than a great, magnificent inspiration. He took up his brush and went tranquilly to work. Ben Rogers hove in sight presently, the very boy of all boys, whose ridicule he had been dreading. Ben's gait was the hop, skip, and jump, proof enough that his heart was light and his anticipations high. He was eating an apple and giving a long, melodious whoop at intervals, followed by a deep-toned Dong, ding, dong, dong, ding, dong, dong, for he was impersonating a steamboat. He was boat and captain and engine bells combined, so he had to imagine himself standing on his own hurricane deck, giving the orders and executing them. Stop her, sir! Tingling, ling! He drew up slowly toward the sidewalk. Stop the starboard! Tingling, ling! Stop the labboard! Done with the engine, sir! Tingling, ling! Shh! trying the gauge cocks. Tom went on whitewashing, paid no attention to the steamboat, then stared a moment before speaking. Hi, you're up a stump, ain't you? No answer. Tom surveyed his last touch with the eye of an artist, and then he gave his brush another gentle sweep and surveyed the result as before. Ben ranged up alongside of him. Tom's mouth watered for the apple, but he stuck to his work. Ben continued talking. Hello, old chap. You gotta work, hey? Tom wheeled suddenly and greeted Ben cheerfully. Uh, wh- why, it's you, Ben. Uh, I weren't noticing. Say, I'm going in a swimming, I am. Don't you wish you could? But of course you'd rather work, wouldn't you? Of course you would. Tom contemplated the boy a bit and said, What do you call work? Why, ain't that work? Tom resumed his whitewashing. Well, maybe it is, and maybe it ain't, he answered carelessly. All I know is it suits Tom Sawyer. Oh, come on now. You don't mean to let on that you like it. The brush continued to move. Like it? Well, I don't see why I oughtn't to like it. Does a boy get a chance to whitewash the fence every day? Well, that put the thing in a new light. Then stopped nibbling his apple. Tom swept his brush daintily back and forth, stepped back to note the effect, added a touch here and there, criticized the effect again, been watching every move and getting more and more interested, more and more absorbed. Presently, he said, say, Tom, let me whitewash a little. Tom considered, was about to consent, but he changed his mind. Mm, no. No, I reckon it wouldn't hardly do, Ben. You see, 
Aunt Polly's awful particular about this fence right here on the street, you know. But if it was the back fence, I, I wouldn't mind and she wouldn't. Yet she's awful particular about this fence. It's got to be done very careful. I reckon there ain't one boy in a thousand, maybe two thousand, that can do it the way it's got to be done. No? Is that so? Oh, come now. Let me just try. Only just a little. Uh, I'd like to, honest engine. But if you was to tackle this fence and anything was to happen to it, oh, I'll be just careful. Now let me try. Say, I'll give you the core of my apple. Well, here. No, no, Ben. No, no, don't. I'm afeard. I'll give you all of it. Tom gave up the brush with reluctance in his face, but alacrity in his heart. And while the late steamer Big Missouri worked and sweated in the sun, the retired artist sat on a barrel in the shade close by, dangled his legs, munched his apple, and planned the slaughter of more innocents. There was no lack of material. Boys happened along every little while. They came to jeer, but remained to whitewash. By the time Ben was out, Tom had traded the next chance to Billy Fisher for a kite in good repair. And when he played out, Johnny Miller bought in for a dead rat and a string to swing it with. And so on and so on, hour after hour. And when the middle of the afternoon came, from being a poor, poverty-stricken boy in the morning, Tom was literally rolling in wealth. He had, beside the things before mentioned, 12 marbles part of a juice harp, a piece of blue bottle glass to look through, a spool cannon, a key that wouldn't unlock anything, a fragment of chalk, a glass stopper of a decanter, a tin soldier, a couple of tadpoles, six firecrackers, a kitten with only one eye, a brass doorknob, a dog collar, but no dog, the handle of a knife, four pieces of orange peel, and a dilapidated old window sash. He had had a nice, good, idle time all the while. Plenty of company. And the fence had three coats of whitewash on it. If he hadn't run out of whitewash, he would have bankrupted every boy in the village.